Crossover Appeal is a show that will sometimes have spoilers, but the hosts promise not to be jerks about it. Also, from time to time, Walt and Annie may get small details about the things they discuss incorrect, and they would like you to know that every time it happens, it is done on purpose to spite you specifically. Enjoy the show! Hey, everybody, and welcome to Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGough. I'm Annie Carty. Hey, Annie. Hey, Walt. Annie, what do we do on Crossover Appeal? On Crossover Appeal, we take two fandoms of, you know, something you could like, like a book or movie or TV show. Mm -hmm. We we, um, put them together as if they were two worlds that were kind of Colliding. colliding and crossing over. They, like, fell into each other's gravity. Yeah, you went upside down and downside up. Yeah. And also, like, um, to voice, the upside to, down. like, the human voice combining... In different ways to make one complete song. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Like an upside-down singer. Yeah, upside-down sing-along. Who's town. also gargling water. <laughs> yep. Because that's a and, and variety a monster, show act. I and they're just like a big monster mouth opening and then singing. All he wants to do is sing. Yeah. I bet he's got some good pipes, that demogorgon. Yeah, right? That's a, that's a real big mouth. Mm-hmm. That's, that's how singing works. That's, that's, I mean, to me, that's probably it. <laughs> the bigger the mouth, the better the sound. Yep. That's it. <laughs> That's, That's what my talent agent uncle always said. <laughs> yep. He was poor. Oh. <laughs> um, well, Annie, what are we crossing over tonight in this talent show we call life? We are crossing over Pitch Perfect and Stranger Things. Ooh. Yeah. It's spooky and singy. Ooh. Spooky singy? Spingy. Yes. It's a new word that I've coined, and I think it perfectly describes what we're about to talk about. Yep. There's sping yourself... Into a tizzy. <laughs> Why don't you spin us on into your first into, into discussion of Pitch Perfect? Uh, so Pitch Perfect is a musical comedy movie about the world of collegiate acapella. Man, it, what a world that is. It is really a world. It's a Actually, very special place. I kind of love like movies or books that d- dive into a like a, a subculture that people take real seriously. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and... Um, this is definitely, this is, this one, is definitely of one of them. Um, I'm getting a little ahead of myself. Oh, but I'm like, sorry. No, it's okay. <laughs> <laughs> I just so, got really excited because you said college acapella. Yeah, right. Sometimes I have notes. I try to follow along. Oh, no. Uh, it's okay. Um, this, so this was actually actually based on a book that was like a nonfiction book mm-hmm. about like literally the the secret world of collegiate oh, cool. acapella. Um, and then they made like a plot and made it into a movie. Um, so that's what we're going to talk about today. Yay. Um, the movie was released in 2012 to positive reviews, and it was a sleeper hit, making about $115 million against a $17 million budget. Jeez, nice job, They ladies. made so much money. Yeah, that's that's an immense amount of money. Yeah, seriously. And that's, oh um, that's both like international and national, but like that's mm-hmm. a bananas amount of money. Yeah. Um, and of course, because they made that much money, they made two sequels, which I have not seen, so we won't be talking about those. Did we watch? I thought we watched Pitch Perfect. Pitch Perfect. Two. I certainly haven't. Maybe I just watched Pitch Perfect one twice. I think that's what happened. <laughs> okay. I think that's probably the better way to go. I've heard mixed things about two, and then three just kind of happened. Kind of came and went. I think they all were under contract. Oh yeah. So sure. Absolutely. Um, But Pitch Perfect is a lot of fun. So let's talk about that. It is indeed. Uh, The movie follows college freshman Becca Mitchell, who would rather be pursuing a career in music production than at Barden College. Uh, She starts interning at her college radio station, where she meets love interest and fellow freshman Jesse Swanson. Um, Becca is discovered to have a great voice um, by Chloe, one of the Barden Bellas. Um, The Bellas are a previously on top female acapella group who have really gotten boring in their act and had a really bad experience at a competition last year involving so much projectile vomit. It's about as bad as an experience can I get. I feel like if you're if you're actually squeamish about like bodily functions, this might not be a great movie for you. Yeah. Um I think it's, that's it's fair. like there are like two real bad scenes. Mm-hmm. Um and they and sort I, of go all out with it. They really do. I think it's like the bridesmaids effect. Yeah. Um. So yeah, just FYI. Where people, yeah, there was that weird period of time where people were like, "We want lady comedies, but only if they get gross at some." Yeah, point. and like, sure, that's yeah. I mean a thing, but I don't know. I feel like that's like not really necessary. Yeah. Um. But anyway, FYI. 
Um, so Becca's dad, who's a professor at Barden, says that she, if she can get through a year at Barden and like actually like get involved and join a club, he'll like let her pursue her dreams in LA and like pay for it. Um, so Becca auditions for and makes the Bellas along with a lot of other underdogs. Uh, Becca and the other Bellas want to try newer and more fun material, but co-Bella president Aubrey is way down on it. Um, Aubrey begins to turn around when the Bellas win at a competition after Bella member Amy puts her kind of own spin on a song. Mm -hmm. um, after some fighting with the male Barden acapella group, the Treble Makers, of which Jesse is a member. <laughs> I forgot about the names. Like, one thing that I love about acapella is just the puns. Yeah. Like, almost, if you have a acapella group, you've got to name it a pun. Yeah, absolutely. So, it's an absolute requirement. It's exactly. what people expect. Yeah, right? If you're called, like, we, we enjoy singing. <laughs> we are humans who sing. <laughs> Definitely not aliens. aliens. <laughs> 100% human. Come watch us sing with our human bodies. We vibrate our chords together. Human mouths. <laughs> Upside down. Open wide. So guess what? That's a crossover. We our mouths are, long, are larger and therefore better. <laughs> we will eat our audience members. I mean entertain them. <laughs> so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah we're get, we are getting ahead uh, of ourselves this episode. Yeah, right. Um so, so yeah, the Bardens uh, engage in more competition, fall apart, come back together uh, to compete and win at nationals with their kind of updated music um, that really incorporates all of the Bella's talents. Mm -hmm. um, so for characters, we've got Becca Mitchell, angsty college freshman who finds a creative outlet in acapella. Uh, Patricia, a.k.a. Fat Amy, uh, the girl who says it like it is and gets laughs for it. Um, Aubrey, Bella co-president, who doesn't want to change their musical repertoire. Um, Chloe, the other co-president, who has surgery for vocal nodules. Um, Which is like a, very charmingly treated like an incredible... Like, Which actually, like, it's, it's, it's a real a serious thing. thing if you're a singer. But I think the, mo the movie does a nice job of like showing the, the gravity and importance of that for the singer while also yeah. having fun with like the but, scope of it outside of the world. Yeah, like, I mean, if you're a singer, especially like... Um, Oh, who, oh, what's her name? Who, um, oh, Adele. Adele had it. Like, yeah. Like, it's actually a significant problem if you're like a professional singer yeah. um, or just like want to have that as an active part of your life. Yeah. But I feel like the story um, beats of the movie treat it like in another movie when it would be a character saying they have cancer or something yeah like it's exactly. incredibly grave and yeah. serious which is it's, the movie being consistent yeah and the yeah the movie takes its takes its character seriously mm -hmm. and like really embraces this world while also like poking fun at them yeah. in a lot of ways it never loses perspective yeah um so we have lily the quiet and real weird girl who is revealed to be a talented beatboxer um, Stacy, the uber-sexual Bella, Cynthia Rose, the Bella who's really holding down the fort for intersectionality uh, because she's black and comes out as gay. Oh, yeah. Um, so th thanks for that, Cynthia Rose. Yeah, that's nice. Um, there's uh, Jesse, a.k.a. the love interest, who's a troublemaker and wants to compose music for movies. And he's like real and actually he would he would fit in very well with the Stranger Thing crowd. Yeah. He's just like college boyfriend 101. Yeah. He's, he's like, like, you like, need to watch the end of The Breakfast Club and it's, it's like, so meaningful. And it's like The Breakfast Club isn't even John Hughes's best movie. Yeah. Well, I mean, throwing down that, yeah, right? Yeah, man, just dropping that casual bomb Yeah, in right? There. Pretty impending hashtag. Oh, wow. The best. <laughs> um. There's Benji, Jesse's roommate, a magician and a wannabe acapella guy. Bumper, the douchey leader of the Troublemakers, until he gets an offer to sing backup for John Mayer right before Nationals, <laughs> which is just perfect. Yeah. Um, Luke, the radio DJ who's way hipster. Uh, Kimmy Jin, who's Becca's roommate and is a real not into being roommates. And, you know, considering Becca's your roommate, I can't blame you, Kimmy exactly. Jin. Um, and Elizabeth Banks and John Michael Higgins show up as commentators as the... At the national competition. Yeah. Um, I don't think they have real names. Hell yeah. But and Elizabeth Banks was the lead producer on this, I think. Yeah, and I think she directed the second one. Yeah, I think so. Um, so always nice to see you, Elizabeth Banks. Yeah, she's sort of best in showing it up. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. um, themes. Um, the big theme here is really try new things. Um, Becca thinks she's not into college or something so collegiate as acapella, but she ends up finding a talent and love for it. 
Um, meanwhile, Aubrey learns that she can't rest on what worked before. You know, you've got to keep pushing the envelope, even if you don't know how it'll work out. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, as always, we have here, uh, teamwork makes a dream work. <laughs> that, might, that should be on our first T-shirt for this podcast. Yeah, right. It's the team of everything. <laughs> and we, could, we could have, like... Team and then dream in in the little um, Venn diagram. Oh and yeah, then, and then work in the middle. Yeah, right. Oh yeah, somebody get on that. We'll get on that. Yeah, right. We'll Let's do, do that. A t-shirt. Yeah, <laughs> buy it at Custom Inc. or something. Yeah, we'll put it up. <laughs> um, so yeah, the the Bellas do their best when they're all contributing their ideas and talents. Um, things I like and think other people will like. Um, it's just a real fun musical movie. Mm-hmm. Like, try not to sing along with the Cup song. Oh, it's, yeah. It, like, it's real catchy and fun. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, like, it really gets how big college acapella can be. Like, coming from a school with a fairly active acapella scene, um, I dug how the movie t- both took the style seriously and poked all the fun at it. Yeah, I mean, it's like you said, it both <laughs> takes it very seriously and doesn't lose perspective on it, which I feel like is something that is fun about college yeah. because acapella exists. And you, you know that it's not a huge deal when you're in college, oh, but it yeah. feels like it because you're in college. You're oh, in this yeah. little bubble you go, world. You go to the acapella concerts. Yeah. You go to the dorm sings. Yeah, it's like it, it's a very special thing. Yeah, and, feels... they, and they're and they talented people. Absolutely. Like, they're all real good. But it's not like you're an adult saying, oh, man, I can't wait to catch that acapella concert. Right. Like, like it's I bought a acapella ver- albums Yeah, college. I still have them. Yeah. They're great. Absolutely. But, like, it's such a collegiate thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is very much, like, about this particular world. Yeah. Um, but, but again, like, the movie kind of dives into that in a really fun way. Yeah, um, and it loves its characters, which yeah. is Yeah, nice. and is- I, I feel like the movie, like, does not do well in terms of, like, you know, representation. Like mm-hmm. we have, like the black character yeah, and, it's, and it's real weird Asian girl. It. Yeah, um, but you know, as long as you're just kind of looking for a real light, fun musical movie, like this is a good one. Yeah, absolutely. Um, huh. Along similar lines. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. About totally. Things, yeah. Actually, these are crossing over in all sorts of weird ways. Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, let's talk about Stranger Things. Um, Stranger Things is a currently two-season Netflix series uh, created by the Duffer Brothers um, and featuring every genre movie you do, ever watched in the eighties. Do they have a production company called Duff Stuff? Duff Stuff. No, that's their merchandise line. <laughs> but do they have? Are they are they DJs that play Duff Step? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I'll be okay. Tip, uh, tip your waitresses. Really, that was really good. Thanks. <laughs> really like deaf stuff. <laughs> um, <laughs> oof. Just gotta wait for that beat to drop. Exactly. Um, but yes, so it's gonna be. It's gonna have a third season coming out. I believe that's gonna be it. I think they've they've oh, already wow. said. At minimum, the seasons keep getting shorter. I think the third season is only gonna be eight episodes. It's like so. Luther. Yeah, exactly. They just keep pairing it back. And I guess the kids are getting older. So yeah, right. They've only like, got so much time. Um, the show, when it came out, actually, again, very similar to Pitch Perfect, was released to not a lot of fanfare. Um, but through really? word, But yeah, but through word of oh. mouth, I mean, nobody knew what it was. Like, I think, and then the reviews and word of mouth happened and everybody suddenly, it like blew up overnight. Oh, okay. Like it became a very big thing that all of a sudden everybody knew I what it I was. I thought I was just in the now. No. No, we just, you know, we're riding the wave yeah. like everybody else. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, they really, I don't think Netflix had particularly high hopes for it. It was right when they were trying to figure out sort of what original content could be when it wasn't uh, based off an existing property like Orange is the New Black or oh, that's true. another season of a show like Arrested Development. Yeah, or like House of Cards as a reboot. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Like this was one of their first shows that just kind of came out of nowhere and out of whole cloth and did incredibly well for them, um, which is exciting because original content is fun. Yeah. Um, Pay your your writers, people. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Give people the space Job, to make the ideas please, that they we, like. We love jobs. Said the creative artists. Yep. Just totally unbiased. <laughs> nope, absolutely. But you should pay everybody a lot of money to follow yeah. their dreams. Yep. <laughs> Specifically writing dreams. Yep, exactly. Writing especially. Um, but the basic synopsis of this wholly original and yet completely mishmashed, collaged project um, is the show follows a group of young friends in the platonic 80s suburban neighborhood of fictional Hawkins, Indiana, um, as they and their families stumble onto a secret government conspiracy that manages to involve callbacks to a 100% concentrate smoothie 
full of millennial and Gen X pop culture touchstones. Um, Spielberg is the biggest influence of the film. I think all of the episodes, or of the, the series rather, all of the episodes have a very sort of Spielbergian touch and the way that it treats suburban yeah. childhood is very much out and, of those And movies. Stephen Kingsy. Yeah, it's really, it's like, like Stephen King and Stephen Spielberg had a baby, probably yeah. named Stephen. Yeah, right. <laughs> but Stephen squared. But spelled with a V or a PH, we don't know. Stephen. 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 Go, my child. Stephani. Stephani. Yep. Oh. better. That's way better. They made it better. Stephani would make a better show than Stranger Things. I mean, let's be honest, Devon would make a better show than like 90% of shows. That's true, because it would be called Steven Universe and it would be the best. You're so good, anyway. Anyway, I like Stranger Things a lot. We both do. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's not, it's no Steven Universe. Um, sorry, other Stevens. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Well, I mean, Steven Universe, it, it's like hard to beat when you're telling me all about your feels and discussions of consent and gender and sexual identity. It's and the best Steven. Adorable cartoons, everybody having fun together. <laughs> Anyway. Go on. <laughs> it's the best, Stephen. It's the best. Um, but yeah, I think Stranger Things is really, in a lot of ways, more of like a mood piece than yeah, a show. I yeah. mean, it rep- and it replicates that feeling uh, of a Stephen and, King novel or a Spielberg real movie. excellent performances. Oh, yeah, exactly. And the characters are amazing. Yeah. Um, Plot-wise, uh, season one focuses on the disappearance of one of the boys, Will Byers, um, under very mysterious Ooh. circumstances. Uh, while trying to find him because the adults of the town are useless, his three friends it's also... the 80s. Everybody's on coke. Seriously. Uh, his three friends also stumble on a mysterious telekinetic girl named Eleven who immediately takes over as the awesomest part of the whole show and likes waffles. Um, Oh, you little muffin, you. You a little waffle. Um, The search for Will also takes them into the orbit of a shady research facility operating in the middle of Hawkins because I guess there aren't really a lot of, like, regulatory bodies in Indiana in the 80s or something. Um, Reaganism, am I right? I know, right? Hashtag social relevance. Mm -hmm. Um, And then season two sees the group dealing with the aftermath of their discoveries a few months later and struggling to return to a sense of normalcy while also dealing with more bigger super creepiness and spending a little bit more time in the strange shadow dimension that they have discovered called the Upside Down. Um, Throughout the series, the kids process what's happening largely through the pop culture that they consume, um, and especially through Dungeons Dungeons and Dragons-based metaphors, which is both a little too convenient and on the nose sometimes, but also incredibly kind of a brilliant device for storytelling and deeply emotionally satisfying if you're a D&D nerd. Um, because they're using their reference points. That's true. And D&D is real great. Exactly. And there's a D&D situation for any any plot you want to handle. That was a natural 20 for life advice. Hey, yeah. critical hit. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think the main draw that makes the show more than just an exercise in environment are the characters. Um, the performances throughout the series are great. And the characters, for the most part, are compelling and fun to spend time with. And, uh, you know, you kind of want to... Like like a solid 75%. Yeah, I would say. say. Um, starting off, there is Mike, who is probably not in the 75%. Oh. Um, and, it, and again, like that is through no fault of this actor. Oh, no. Like... Finn, Finn Wolfhard, who also has the greatest name ever. Yeah. Finn Wolfhard. He's, um, he's so teeny. He's just a teeny I just want to put him boy. in my pocket. Um, but he plays Mike Wheeler, who's sort of the everyman central character. If by everyman we are meaning straight white nerdy boy who's not actually very interesting. Um, yeah, he's kind of the default leader of the movie beca- or of the of the group because that character has historically been the default yeah. leader of these groups. And like he has more to do in the first season. I feel like coming off the second season, I'm like, oh, well, um, Mike, no one cares. Yeah, he just has a lot of brooding to do. Yeah, and like um, no no real motivation drive. or agency. Yeah. yeah. Luckily, he's surrounded by some awesome friends. Yeah. Um, you have Dustin, who's the true breakout smartass of the group with a heart of gold, played by Gatton Matazaro, who's just a delight, and oh. was in Les Mis. And, really? Yeah, he was in Les Mis on Broadway. Yeah, there's video of him singing. Oh that's my great. god! I know, I know. I thought I thought you'd be all over that. No, I had no idea. Oh man, I'm oh sorry. Oh my god! Yeah, he's, he's perfect. So cute. He is. Um, he's a perfect little muffin. I'm, I'm sure these kids are like I'm a like I'm a preteen. I hate you. Yeah. Why are you calling me adorable? <laughs> Stop but you're it! So cute. So cute. Everybody um, can be cute. You can be an adult and be cute. Exactly. Look at us. 
I'm We're adorable. So <laughs> Come don't, at me, bro. Don't you forget it, yeah. listeners. Um, uh, there's Will Byers, the perpetual victim of the group. Um, he has a real hard time. Yeah, Will has a rough time. Actually, and the actor does it. Noah Schnapps, I think, is his name. And he does wonderfully with he it. He really does. And again, like he he's missing in the first season, so we don't see as mm-hmm. much of him. And he does a fantastic job in season two. Right. Um, it really, he does a wonderful job of like trauma recovery. And yeah. Betrayal. And like um, being really disturbing in parts too, mm-hmm. as he's, you know, grappling with having like real darkness inside of him. Exactly. Um, and then there is Lucas, who is the criminally underutilized and most rational friend. Oh, Lucas. Um, your Lucas's sister is the secret MVP of the show. Right. I forgot about Lucas's She's sister. She's adorable. She is a delight. Um, yeah, we finally meet Lucas's family in season two. Yeah. And they're pretty great. They're they're sure, they sure are there. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then there's Eleven, a telekinetic badass who's always better when she is not wearing a dress and or wig yeah. um, and just getting to throw stuff around with her mind and make her nose bleed. Um, there's Nancy's Nancy, Mike's sister, who's fine. Yeah. She, yeah, like she gets to play their girl. Yeah. She has a little bit more of an arc in season two, but not a huge one. Yeah. She, um, she at least does a few things. Exactly. There's Jonathan, Will's brother, who is the broody potential love interest for Nancy, who threatens to steal her away from Steve Harrington, who's a total dweeb, who somehow is regarded as a jock and like the cool kid in school in season one. Yeah, right. But it doesn't really matter because he honestly makes season two worth it almost like, all on his own. Babysitter Steve is the greatest. Yeah. Like, I don't think we need. Nancy or Jonathan I just want babysitter Steve like I've rarely seen a character turn around as abrupt and successful as Steve gets yeah because in season one he's He's really just just there yeah he's just there to be like preppy jerk guy and then in season two he's hands down amazing yeah one of the best parts of the whole season oh totally so good job Steve yeah Um, and there's the adults there's Joyce Byers Will's mom played by Winona Ryder in a performance that is polarizing I would say yeah uh, people love it or hate it I really like it a lot yeah and like I know there's there's some claims of schmacting here mm-hmm. but like she's going through a hard time exactly and like I I really like seeing a a mom who's like a single mom and really struggling mm-hmm. but like she deeply loves her children and like really wants to do the best for them yeah. um so it's like her will going missing is like not her fault at all yeah um and she's trying to manage this like total sci-fi weirdness and i think she does a great job of playing a character who is really overmatched by her circumstances but keeps pushing yeah um and again like keep she wants to know about her kids she Mm -hmm. she wants to interact with them and she's kind of nerdy too which i love oh winona ryder um and it's nice seeing winona ryder again yeah right you know she she holds down the fort and it's like especially in an 80s style show oh yeah like it's 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 a perfect totally yeah uh, it's really nice to see her. Yeah. Uh, there's also Police Chief Jim Hopper, who's played by David Harbour, who is quickly becoming the middle-aged dad America always wanted. Um, and he's, I think he's another one who in season two gets a lot more interesting. Yeah. Um, but I think he's pretty solid throughout, and the performance is wonderful, I think. Uh, then there's Mike's parents, who are totally useless. And I think the show sort of thinks that it's making a joke out of how useless they are, but it never quite goes all the way. And it means that Cara Buono is totally wasted as Mike's mom. Um, because she's she? Played, she was on The Sopranos and then she was um, Dr. Faye on Mad <gasps> Men. No way! Yeah. Oh, she's always she's, treated badly. Yeah, and she is like 400% better than the role that she has given on this and she, show. Like, I think she's really trying to find that edge of like, is is Mike's mom like kind of like checked out right. is it's, she on valium yeah but like I, the show just never deals with it so you're always kind of like honey what, what's going on here and like the dad's the same way i don't yeah. even know his name yeah they're not they're just not they haven't quite landed i think on what they're trying to do with the parents yeah um and so they're just kind of there yeah um and then there's some people who get added in season two uh there's bob newby played adorably by sean astin um who's always great in everything uh, there is Sam Owens, the head honcho at the research lab, who is played by Paul Reiser uh, in, I think, what is probably the best bit of casting in the whole show. Yeah, because at first you see him in 
and you really are like, I'm I'm going full aliens and yeah. expecting you to just be this sleazy guy. And he kind of is. Yeah. Um, but there are a lot of little twists throughout that, exactly. that keep him engaging. I think he feels like the character that I want the whole show to be. Yeah. Which is he is really... a character who's not just replicating something from the 80s, but is in constant dialogue yeah, with and surprising what you. he was in the 80s. Yeah. And like what other characters could be outside mm-hmm. of that. Um, yeah. I think he, he adds, just his sheer presence adds so many layers to his character in the show that uh it's really exciting and cool yeah um there's billy hargrove uh an actually badass bully kid who moves to town and challenges steve's oh, yeah. superiority and then never really gets anything to do um but he has a great mullet and a terrible mustache <laughs> oh that's right yeah. and then there's his sister max mayfield uh who is his sister and sort of becomes an additional girl character for the main group she of sure friends. She sure is a girl. But then is immediately relegated to being one of their potential girlfriends. Yeah. So, you know. Uh, it's very it's very 80s in that way. Yeah. It's Where, two steps like, forward, one step back. Yeah. Um, and again, I think we, we want the, the the Duff Steps to push a little harder. <laughs> we want that beat to drop. Yeah, we want it, we want it to real drop. Hey, Duff Steps, Duff Steps, drop the beat of progressive thought. Yeah. You know? Just a little. Just a little bit. <laughs> but uh, that moves us into the into themes and fun stuff. Oh, well, um, oh, well one very important character that you, did, that you have on the list and you need to mention. Oh, yeah. Barb. She's on the show. You might have heard about her on the oh, internet. Barb. She's played by Shannon Purser. Should She's it, great. She deserves so much better. Yes. One of the... Barb forever. Bar, barb forever. Bob, barb for life. Not Bob. Barb. <laughs> barb. <laughs> um, yeah. Barb is a character who... I think really is is a is a story about she's the definitely in the fridge she's a story of yes she's an absolute fridge character and she is a, a cautionary tale about making a compelling character and then wasting her in the age of the internet because boy did the internet love Barb yeah right <laughs> of course you love Barb and that's the thing like again I think there's so much to be said about this show in terms of the performances and how fun mm-hmm. it is but like I really want a show that has like Barb as the central character. Like, yeah. why can't Barb be solving a mystery here and like, like finding psychic friends? Exactly. Um, so yeah, I think that brings us into the themes and fun yeah. stuff around Stranger Things. The biggest theme of all is nostalgia. Hey, remember this thing? <laughs> um, the show is lousy with nostalgia and hearkening back to that part of Gen X and millennial dinosaur brains that is wired to love anything from the eighties. Um, you can really, really dig down and find like the moment-to-moment references that the Duffer Brothers build into the storytelling and the filmmaking. But mostly, uh, it's just a show that's incredibly good at capturing an environment and a tone that feels incredibly familiar. Um, On the flip side of that, one of the other major themes of the show is putting up with less than satisfying plotting and character development in the service of the nostalgia that you're getting. Um, I think sort of like we've already said a little bit, it's a show that is so good at replicating the 80s style that I yeah. keep, I still continue to wait for it to actually say something about that style. Or, or like subvert expectations. Exactly. I think season one especially, I felt like they did a better job in season two, but still not totally there. But season one especially felt like it was constantly on the edge of saying something about what all of this nostalgia and reference means um, and never quite got there and was really just satisfied to make it and sit in it and then season two I think takes some baby steps again like Paul Reiser is a perfect example of they have such a control of tone and of style that I want them now to apply that tone and style to something that feels more of our time instead of just movies. Um, so yeah, I think like, it could still get there. Yeah, and it gets there in fits and starts, and it's incredibly satisfying. Oh when it yeah, does. but um, and like yeah, the character, the um, the actors are so satisfying with their characters. Yeah. Like I'm, I'm along for this ride. Exactly, it's great to spend time with. Yeah, um, it is spooky, but not too spooky. Yes, it has an Annie-approved level of thrills, I was, spills, and chills. I was a real wor- worried going into it because like I, I watched the um. The, you know, everything wrong with this movie video for it. And that's the closest I'm going to get to like a horror movie. (laughs) Did Um, it it spook you? No. Good. It was fine. Yeah. Um, But yeah, I was so I'm like real not good with horror. But then like this, I didn't find like scary. It was like mood setting. But I was never like sitting up at night being like, oh, my gosh. Yeah. It's thrilling. Yeah. I would say. Um, It's it's creepy. It's creepy. Ooky. Ooh. 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 Um, And yeah, and then the characters, as we have said. Um, It really... 
captures that feeling of being a kid, especially being a kid in a Steven Spielberg movie. Um, and it has a good sense of childlike wonder and adventure and creates a world where parents are even more lenient and less aware than they actually were in the 80s. Um, yeah, so that's or at least cool. some, you know, some of them. Some of them. Some of them are there. Yeah. Some of them not so much. Um, so yeah, it's a fun show, which I think is mm-hmm. our first thematic crossover with Pitch Perfect, that these are things that are fun. Yeah, they're, they're far from perfect, mm-hmm. but just a lot of fun. <laughs> they are... Litch perfect. Lit, off pitch. Stitch perfect. Stitch fit. Trying to stranger per stranger perfect. Kitch perfect. Oh. Huh? Yeah. Huh? yeah sure. Yeah. That's kitch is a word. <laughs> <laughs> That's a thing. Um. Yeah. I think that these are both <laughs> properties that are, I think, enjoyable because they don't take themselves all that seriously. Yeah, and they're there for kind of the enjoyment of these, like, subcultures and worlds. Yeah. Um, And they're, again, they're not subverting expectations. Mm -hmm. They're not doing hugely emotional dives. Yeah, they're not, like, required Um, viewing. Yeah, um, but, again, like, it's a real good time if if you want to get into, like, a subculture of 80s, like, um, sci-fi horror fun yeah or the collegiate acapella which who doesn't want one of those things at one time or another exactly yeah so yeah i think that that's their biggest crossover i think also there's the teamwork makes the dream work oh yeah power of friendship yeah and And you've got to you've got to fall apart and come back together Mm -hmm. and you've got to embrace who you are yeah make you stronger yeah um yeah i think the 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 platitudes genre of of themes are strong with these but uh, oh totally but yeah i think the biggest one is that they are enjoyable to watch and they're compelling because their characters are compelling and and they take their characters seriously and real fun performances like the actors are doing a lot here exactly um well let's do a lot for the actors yeah by making Mm -hmm. some more entertainments for them to live in yes we've already got them all booked we've already got them all booked they're just waiting on a script oh great they're ready yeah you're welcome folks yeah um, take that duffs yeah sorry duffs we'll take Hillary it from duffs. here oh no oh i wonder i wonder if hillary duff and stick with me i wonder if hillary duff got any hate mail about stranger <laughs> things if someone tweeted at her like i hate yeah. your new show and she's like you mean the one with My um, tour? Hate, um <laughs> Or the the younger TV show that we saw the commercial for. Oh yeah, that looks bad. That does look bad. Yeah. (laughs) Um, Oh, what's her name? I don't know. She's in Bunheads and um, she's in Broadway. Oh. Oh, Sutton Foster. (laughs) Sutton Foster. Foster. There (laughs) it is. She's in Bunheads. You know. Well, I was gonna. I kept (laughs) wanting to say Patton Oswalt. You know, with Patton Oswalt. He's a great Broadway he and star. Hillary Duff have had some very compelling collaborations over the years. I bet they would, frankly. Yeah, I think they would do great. I think they would be hilarious. <laughs> but yeah, I hope that somebody tweeted angrily at Hillary Duff about Stranger Things. Yeah, and I hope Hillary Duff was like, okay. Yeah, all right, great. Yeah. I'll let my brothers, the Duffer brothers, know. <laughs> bum, we're, bum, bum. we're Duffs, but they're Duffer. <laughs> Who is the duffest? Oh, no. You can't ask the, that. The prophecy will be fulfilled. Oh, man. All Truly, right. what will be the duffest? All right. So this is going to be the duffest crossover ever. Exactly. Um, how does this happen? Um. So I feel like the characters are all in an age range. Do we want yeah. to like age people up or down? That's a good question. Yeah, what's more interesting? Are we age? I think if we age them up. Yeah, because let's say because it's like it's, we've acapella. already yeah, we've already had season two of Stranger Things. So let's say season three, we're we're bringing the the Nancy crew into college. Exactly. Um, the the Mike crew into high school. Yeah, and they're visiting colleges. Yeah. So you know they have to show up. Yeah. Um, Gatton Matazaro is a singer. So um, you know who? Dusty. Oh, uh, yes, that's right. Yeah. He's a singer. So, you know, there could be some interest there for the character. Oh, that's I feel up. Yeah. Well, already, I think he would be best buddies with um, the magician singer. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. What's his name? Um, I bet they're Benji. Cousin. I bet they're cousins. Oh, yeah. He's like, I'm going to go see my cousin Benji. Yeah. He's like, he's in this great acapella group. And all the ever, everyone else is like, what is acapella? And he's like, guys, let me tell you. Let me tell you. It's going to, it's so amazing. It's like you have this group and mm-hmm. they're, they're like your, um, your campaign yeah i think um so yeah i think that steve is in college and wants to 
um, get with Anna Kendrick's character, yeah, uh, and Becca or Becca, and like I mean, let's be to... honest, they're a way better couple. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah, um, I think I, I totally, I totally get that. I think he like tries to be cool, and she's like, you're not yeah, right. cool. And he gives the <laughs> Anna Kendrick side eye, um, and so then sassy he, remark, exactly sassy wit, sassy wit, cutting remark. He looks sad. Yeah, goes and fixes his hair. Yeah, and then just decides to try to sing. Yeah, and and. Um, it's a little more genuine. He realizes that in college, like you, you get to just be who you are. Like yeah. you don't have to be beholden to, you, you know, the high school cliques. Right, and you're not the cool kid anymore. You can't play basketball. You were never dude. the cool kid no, to start. <laughs> you're you're only cool in nowhere, Indiana. Oh, um. So, what song does Steve do a soulful rendition of? to win his way into um, the acapella group and Becca's heart. Okay, so are we setting this in the 80s? I think we I have think to. I think we have to, yeah. yeah. So I'm going to say um, Hungry Eyes. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Good pull. Thank you. Yes, absolutely. Because I'm just picturing him in a replication of the audition scene. So there's no backing. <laughs> no. There's no but support. But he's in it. He's so in it. He's hungry. Yes, absolutely, one hundred percent. So that's his song. Yeah, um, this is going to be a fun ancillary game, I think. Oh, <laughs> for totally. This whole episode. Um, so yeah, I think that like so, Steve and Becca are you know making waves making with each other, winkies, winkies making the winkies across the ice. <laughs> yeah. Um, to harken back to a previous crossover. Where this is going to be a thing that we just keep referencing. Yeah, because it's delightful. It's perfect. Yes, it says everything you would want to say. Exactly. Um, so yeah, I think uh, the kids come up to visit. Um, Maybe, oh, oh, maybe, so things in Hawkins have not gone great for the research mm-hmm. lab. I forget yeah. their name. It's I- Isodyne? Yeah. No, Isodyne is another franchise. Yeah. Um, anyway. the, the Evil, Evil Lab Corp? Evil Lab Corp. Um, I think they've, of course, had to close down their facility because it's all messed up. Yep. And so, but they've decided that the future lies in the youth of America. So they have started a like college outreach program. Yeah. Well, because, yeah, they're like, we're rebuilding. Yeah. We're recruiting hard. Yeah. Um, so there's a job fair involved because yeah. what's more collegiate than a job fair? Yeah, right. Um, so I think that like... They bring, uh, uh, oh, and maybe, um, because their labs like shut down because of like alien upside downsies. Mm -hmm. Um, maybe (laughs) no take backsies in the upside downsies. Well, maybe, um, Paul Reiser ends up, um, Getting a job at the the research university oh, of Barden yeah. College. Absolutely, they yeah. have a fine lab. Yeah. And so yeah, but and then he, he's back to his old tricks. Well, at least he's like, I went through this huge thing, and he's like, I still don't understand what happened. It's yeah. not like he's like, ha ha ha. No, no. I'm gonna break into the upside down know. again. He's he's like, this is like I could get a Nobel Prize for this. Like mm-hmm. I could. If I figure out what caused this, like that's like major psychic or um major um physics again like nobel prize yeah it like it defines the bounds of space and time i could finally turn my life right side up (laughs) turn that frown right side up (laughs) i mean that is a better saying yeah it's more accurate it gets closer to the heart of what you're trying to say exactly (laughs) um so yeah i think uh i think totally he's in this research division um which of the bellas are working in his lab late one night um, well, I'm going to say um, Aubrey because she is very, yeah. like, she's very traditional and very, very driven. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think she is very used to, like, we just do the thing. And even if it doesn't seem like it's working, we're just going to do it. Yep. Super and, type A. Yeah, exactly. And I think, you know, she would be thinking, like, I I can get, like, a great job out of this. Mm-hmm. I'm going to be a woman in the science. And this is the cutting edge of sciences. Yeah. Um. So I think she she goes deep into um, evil evil corp. Yeah, she gets she she gets really into it. Yeah, um, and hopefully doesn't see anything too gross because then she would probably throw up. Yeah, right. So oh, maybe that's like a running gag in it because they do love that gag. They do for some reason. Yeah. Um. So yeah, I think that that's totally there. Um. I think you know for most of the characters it's like and they're there too, but for some well, specifics I think like what about eleven? So. Yeah. So let's say um again like all the 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 kids are gonna go visit um with Nan. And, and, and you know Dustin's cousin yeah um, <laughs> uh, so they um, like maybe they're thinking like oh this is like 
they're not like really looking at college at this point, yeah. but this is a, like almost like a fun weekend away. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they, you know, they're going up with um, <gasps> what's his uh, um, what's her name, the mom? Oh, uh, Joyce. Jo- Joyce. Yeah, yeah, and Hopper. And yeah, got it. Go ahead. Okay, so Paul Reiser is he's trying so hard to get back into the upside down yeah. and figure things out, but he just yeah. can't figure out like how to open this portal. Yeah. However. Because Barton is a highly regarded but not fully funded uh, university. Yeah. You know, space is at a premium. Yeah. So the lab where he's doing work is next to a rehearsal hall. And Uh. during a rehearsal of the Barton Bellas, they happen upon an acoustic mix Uh that just so happens to uh, vibrate on the same frequency as a portal to the upside down. So he's working and then all of a sudden they hit a great chord that they never hit before. And, uh, you know, the, uh, who's the singer with the nodes, Chloe. Yeah. Um, like she hits a really low note Yeah, uh, and like everything <sighs> resonates all oh, of a sudden. Man. And then this portal opens up and suddenly he knows how to get into the upside down and he needs the power of song. He does. So what song is it? Oh man. I mean, my, my first thought answer to every question that is that for this episode is going to be never going to give you up, but that's just because I live my life on the internet. So um, you're going to have to help me out. I am going to go with um, truly one of the greatest songs of all time, um, When Doves Cry by Ooh. Prince. Can I offer a, a, a potential alternative? Yeah. Only because I'm picturing the demo Gordon coming out yeah. to the strains of Hungry Like the Wolf. But we've already done hungry eyes. We've been very hungry. Yeah, right. It's after we had dinner. We shouldn't be this hungry. Yeah. 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 I like that. Um, when doves cry is good. Um, let me see if there are any other things that. Um, yeah. So I feel like you know this resonates, and then I think the 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 power of this song uh, resonates out across the 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 you know net of the universe, whatever. That's a metaphor I just made up, um, and I think attracts Eleven as well. I oh think yeah. She can sense it happening. Um, I mean, <laughs> what what else? Um, what other songs in the '80s? But uh, Rick Astley's never going to give you up. That was my that was my first choice. That oh. was my, that was going to be my first answer for all the questions. Oh, I'm sorry. Did oh, I missed yeah. that. I thought you said um, the Hungry Like a Wolf. Well, that was that was later on. But oh, I was okay. going to say my default answer to everything is going to be never. Gonna oh, okay. Give you I'm up sorry. Because, I missed that one. No, it's okay. It wasn't that. Great no, no, it was a good one. <laughs> I missed it. Um, but yeah, I think that I I don't know. I think When Doves Cry works pretty solidly because it's a real good song too, yeah. and it has that kind of weird or, sound to it. Like it's almost a little unreal itself. It is. Or if we're going full crossover, it could also be Thriller. True, that's a I, good one. I think Thriller might need to be it to keep that tonal yeah. significance. Yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. And then uh, and then Vincent Price shows up too for a while. Yeah, yeah. It's the eighties. Yeah, right. What else is he doing? <laughs> um, so yeah, I think that like all of a sudden there's a demogorgon on campus, and you know they've got to they've got to find the song that's going to drive it back in to yeah. the upside down. Yeah, which is never going to give you up. <laughs> which of course, yes, that is going to be the final, yes. the finale. We found it. We found there the we perfect go. place for yep. it. <laughs> we had the bullet in the chamber. We yep. just had to fire it. And target. that's why you always have to send it to people because exactly. every, the internet is keeping the demogorgons at bay. Oh my gosh. So, every time you send someone a, um, a like a, a Rickroll, a Rick roll, you are defending the world from the upside down. So this crossover has retcon reinvented the Rickroll. Yeah. Or, because it's out yeah. of necessity. They make this discovery. Yeah. And then Paul Reiser is like, okay, there's this thing called the internet and it's going to blend us all, bind us all together. Yeah. And we need to make sure that everyone has access to this song at all times. Yes. Even when they don't want it. <laughs> exactly. Especially when they don't want it. Yeah, because yeah. the Demogorgon feeds off of negative emotion. Ew, it's the upside down. Turn the world <laughs> right side up. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. So I think we've got our bookends. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Um, I think a lot of good performance montages in the middle. Oh, totally. As they try to find, I think, so I, I'm getting a lot of montages in mind of like them trying to perform a song and singing like Rio or something. Yeah. And then one of them gets eaten by the Demogorgon oh, yeah. mid-song. Yeah. And they're like, nope, not that not one. Not that one. And they're like just running around campus, <laughs> yep. Demogorgons and they're running, running after of, them. They're running out of singers. So yeah. they've got to bring the kids in. I like to think they they end up at a college party. You know, you've it's like classic horror movie. Mm-hmm. You got to like run through. Oh yeah, the you got to get through a party. Yeah, uh, where the du- where where Duff Step is playing. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> 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 um, yes, absolutely. Uh, I think does Eleven sing? 
Or does 11? Oh, yeah. 11. Yeah, 11's got totally to sing. Totally sings. Yeah. Um, I bet Millie Bobby Brown could do it. Right. She, oh, well, she raps. That's true. She does She rap. actually does a very good job. Yeah. Which is hard. Yeah. Like for, yeah, I'm real judgy of white people rapping. Mm-hmm. But she does solid. Yeah. Um, yeah. I think like, so there. there's all of this stuff happening. Uh, is Joyce up to anything? She's probably got um, Christmas lights for some reason. Yeah. That's um, a callback. Yeah, sure. Well, well, that's a classic dorm decoration. Yeah, it is. Yeah, she has all. She has access to all the Christmas yeah, lights she wants. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Um, should we? Should we figure out who's who's best friends? Oh who's yeah, yeah. Let's start doing these games. crossovers. Yeah. This will help us fill in the middle. Um, so kiss your faces, Steve and Becca. Yeah. Um. So I mean, we've got um, you know, Nancy and um. What's his name? Not Steve. Jonathan. Uh, Jonathan. Yeah. But like, meh. I feel yeah. like they can both do better in college. Yeah. Absolutely. They're, oh, high they're school. total yeah. high school boyfriend. Yeah. Yes. Um. So I think for for Nancy, um, God, she's so boring. <laughs> I want to just put her with. But she has uh, that bat with nails in it. No, that's Steve. Has that's that. Steve, right? Nuts. Um, but you know what? Um. Maybe, like you know, she she's not really into either Jonathan or Steve mm-hmm. because she's actually into the ladies. I was going the same direction. Are we talking yeah. Cynthia Rose? Yeah, let's do it. Absolutely, Cynthia Rose might help Nancy be more interesting. Yeah. Um. Yep. Absolutely. I think Jonathan. I mean, maybe a, uh, Patricia. Um. um yeah. Amy, I think like because she has so much confidence and he has zero confidence. Yeah. Um. Although I feel like she would dump him pretty fast. Yeah, right. Because they he would has hook zero up. confidence. Yeah, they'd hook up and it it you know, it would change his life, but she'd whatever. Um I I feel like I I weirdly wanna say like Kimmy Jen, Becca's roommate. Oh yeah. Because like she's doing her own thing. Right. And I feel like that's how we can pull her into this. Yeah, she gets pulled in. Yeah. Maybe like she likes photography too or something. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Um I think that's great. Uh, who else? Um, um, so best buddies. Oh yeah. Best buddies. Uh, so, um, 11 and Aubrey both have issues with bodily excretions because Aubrey throws up a lot and 11 gets nosebleeds. Um, but I think they would be also, um, uh, battle dome because Aubrey is again, she's like, I am very committed just to like. She's like, we can't the close the portal. Yeah, I don't. Has, I haven't finished my paper yeah, yet. Yeah, and she, yeah, she has a hard time admitting she's wrong. Mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. So I think that would be kind of a battle dome. Yeah. But maybe they come together. I think so. Um, I think, um, you know, Becca and Eleven would bond over their troubled father relationships. That's true. They yeah. would have a lot of a lot of things to talk about with. Them. Yeah. Um, and Becca would be a better role model than uh, the older sister Eleven meets in season two. Um, the, oh yeah, the random random punk crime kids. digression. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that episode. Yeah, that was a weird episode. Yeah, uh, they're fun, fun people. But yeah, we, that they're was just like, kind of like, well, I guess that happened. They're like, hey, remember what everybody thought punks were like in the eighties? Yeah, let's right. make them all characters. Yeah, sure. <laughs> um, yeah, I think the, that's all good. Um, anybody for Jesse? Um, from Pitch Perfect, anybody that he's particularly friends with? I feel like Jesse with? and Mike. They're like normal oh, yeah. dudes who are real into their things yep. and think and everybody should be into their things. Interesting, but no, but very like yeah, normal proprietary. Dudes. Yeah, yeah. They're just normal dudes. Yeah. Oh, I bet, I bet Jesse would show Mike the Breakfast Club, and it would like blow yeah. Mike's mind. Yeah, right. Yeah. Um, I feel like um, Bumper and um. And Steve might have known each other in high school, actually. Yeah, I think Bumper was the previous coolest kid yeah, at Hawkins. Exactly. Before Steve. And that's why Bumper would be like, hey, dude, what you got to do here is join yeah. an acapella group. This is how you do this it. This is how you get cool. Exactly. This is how you get cool for life. Yeah. Forever. Yeah, right. <laughs> I have to say, there's a part of Pitch Perfect where we see like old troublemakers. That's right. And it's, and it's perfect. Yes. It is like the alumni reunion. Exactly. Sale. Yeah. Um. Absolutely to all of that. Uh, so any battle domes other than Aubrey 11? Um, so we, well, let's say maybe the Demogorgon. Who's yeah. Demogorgon going to kill? Oh, right. Who's the, so the Demogorgon, um, that's hard. They're I all... think, I think he's going to have to take down Luke, the uh, hipster radio DJ. Oh, absolutely. He's a real easy fodder. Yep. Easy to knock off. Um, I mean, 
I like Chloe as a character. Yeah. I feel like she doesn't have a lot to do in this plot. She might have to be like the sacrificial. I'm sorry, Chloe. The one that we real miss. Right. The like main character who has to die. Exactly. Um, Um, I think um, maybe Lily like. She she's actually from the upside down. Yeah, she's, she's just so real weird. weird. Mm-hmm. So maybe she's revealed to be like a, an enemy of some kind. Secret demogorgon. Yeah. It's very possible. Or yep. like maybe she was like another eleven. Oh yeah. And she like she didn't get the love and care that yeah. would help her become a normal person. Oh totally. And now she's like going demogorgon crazy. Oh man, yeah, I like that. And she's using her beatboxing. <laughs> Um, as a weapon against the good guys, yeah, to disrupt the the resonance of the frequency. Mm-hmm. Um, and she like whispers things like, "I'm gonna kill you all," and like and they just like, they're like, "What?" And she's like, "Um, do you want pizza?" Yeah, exactly. And nobody nobody sees it coming. Yeah. Um, I think Jesse probably dies. Oh yeah, whatever. Yeah, Mike, Jesse, and Mike both die. Whatever. Yeah. Nobody misses them. Um, sorry, Mike. <laughs> Finn Wolfhard is great. Okay, so um, is Barb still alive? Sure. She, um, did, she didn't die in the Upside Down. She just went to college. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm going to say Barb and um, Stacy, who's the real sexual Bella. Oh, yeah. They can they can hook up. Yeah, absolutely. Justice yeah. for Barb. Yeah, right? Mm-hmm. Um, I like all of that. Yeah, and then I think, you know, the Demogorgon gets sent back um, to the strains of Rick through, Astley. Yeah, through the power of music. And then locked in the underground forever by the internet. Yeah. Yeah, the true hero of the story, the internet. Thanks, internet. <laughs> For making so much of both these properties possible. Exactly. <laughs> um, yeah, I feel very good about this crossover. Is there anybody else that we want to match up in any any of the games? Um, I think, no, that, that seems pretty good um yeah like i mean it's got a beginning middle end yeah it's got a legacy it retroactively invents the rick roll that was brilliant yeah i think maybe um i would like to see as best buddies um hopper and becca's dad maybe like they don't Mm. know each other exactly but they both are like man i'm having real trouble communicating with my daughter daughter she's so angsty yeah and it's like i just i don't know what to say to her and she's like i just don't get her she keeps quipping at me she keeps quipping and singing and she's so much more sardonic than i am and and she like has psychic powers and i don't know how to handle that yeah and the other dad's like what (laughs) i'm sorry what (laughs) um so yeah i feel like i would like them like at a diner or something bonding over waffles yeah right oh everybody loves waffles everybody loves who doesn't love waffles yeah. Name name mm. that person. I will find them. Yeah, right. And make them a waffle. Mm. <laughs> I just shove it right just down their throat. Eat it. You will like it. Tell me how much you love it. Um, yes. On that note. Yeah. <laughs> if people want more waffly goodness um, and and songstressing, yeah. soulful covers of things, where can they yeah. find stuff like Pitch Perfect, Danny? Um, so for more musical fun, um, you can listen to the Emerson College radio station, WERS, for oh, their yeah. weekend show, All Acapella, a.k.a. Boston's home for collegiate and professional acapella. Mm-hmm. Um it's it's exactly what you want to hear when you want acapella. Exactly. It is it is it delivers. That's what it is. Let me tell you. And it's actually fun. Like every so often I'll listen to it and be oh, like, yeah. wow, people are really talented and I get really excited when I hear one of the UVA groups. Yeah. Um so yeah, go go listen to that. Go get it. Um there's WGBH's Sing That Thing, a singing competition show focused on acapella and choir groups. Um they have like a few different categories. So you have like professional ones mm-hmm. and then like college ones and high school ones, which oh, is cool. actually kind of cool. That's a really neat idea. Yeah. Um, there's Glee, which is probably, I think, the closest to Pitch Perfect. Absolutely. It really paved the way for Pitch Perfect. Yeah. Um, it's a, about a high school, sh- like Glee slash clo- show choir club. I never really understand the difference between the two. Um, Shh, don't say it out loud. They'll know, find right? you. They'll find me. <laughs> um, the first season or two is fun. And then I stopped watching after that because um, it started becoming very special episode it's a little crazy yeah um but the musical sequences are really what you're there for mm-hmm. um drumline about a young drummer who gets caught up in the competitive world of collegiate marching band drumline. i forgot about that one yeah it's actually it's another one that i'm like wow that's real fun yeah. i think i saw it at the gym and i was like this is really entertaining you subcultures man yeah right and like i mean Drum lines are real impressive. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not a musical person, so, like, I don't know, maybe it's just me, but I'm like, no, that's actually really fun. <laughs> no, it's really, really hard. Yeah. Really cool. 
Um, there's Magic Mike, which hey. has some surprisingly great dance sequences. Also, Channing Tatum shirtless. Bonus points. A plus. Um, apparently, again, there's a book called Pitch Perfect that's a real-life look at collegiate acapella that inspired the movie. Um, and for more collegiate goodness, there's Greek about the drama of Greek life in college centered around the experiences of two siblings. And it is actually an awesome show. Mm-hmm. Like, I loved Greek. It was um, delightful. Whenever I watched it when you were watching it, I really enjoyed it. Uh, yeah, it's one of those shows that, again, like, it understands that this is a ridiculous thing. Like, it's such a college ridiculous like scenario but it has such love for its characters and it's never like unintentionally mean about them and Mm -hmm. like they have like kind of like the you know nerdy frat and um you know the sorority is not like like they're there's again like real drama and it's ridiculous but they're also like they just really like each other and there's love about sisterhood which is cool Mm -hmm. um and there's a whole plot line about a guy who's gay and has to come out to his frat. Oh, yeah. Um, which is, again, like, I, you know, for kind of a goofy show, like, it hits some really touching moments. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, highly recommended. Um, there's Grownish, a spinoff of Blackish about Zoe Johnson's college experience. Um, and it's real new. Like, they're, it's only in its first season, but it's real good so far. Yeah. And um, deals a lot with um, kind of forming your identity in college and away from your fa- parents and being kind of on your own for the first time. Um, and from what I've seen, it's mm-hmm. it seems to be one of the most successful shows at, like, capturing what it feels like to be young right now. Yeah. Like, it feels incredibly of this time. Oh, totally. Um, without, like, feeling instantly dated or something. No, but, like, I think it's very, like, r- relevant to contemporary college life. Mm-hmm. Um, and, I mean, I think Blackish is a great show, and so far I'm really into Grownish. Um, and for more deep dives about competitive sub- subcultures, uh, Bring It On, which is about competitive cheerleading, and we've already crossed over, so check our episode out. Mm-hmm. about Magic Mike, too. Oh, yeah, and also Magic Mike. Yeah. yeah. All the alumni are coming back. I know, right? Um, and Best in Show about the competitive world of dog shows. Yeah, which is a delight. It's such a delight. Yeah. That's, um, that is, I think, the Christopher Guest movie that is nicest to its characters. Yeah, oh, definitely. Because mm-hmm. it... It again, like it understands that this is absolutely ridiculous, mm-hmm. but but it loves how passionate but, yeah, they are. Yeah, because they're passionate about dogs. Oh, dogs! Dogs are so great, right, Bodo? He's asleep. Mm-hmm. He agrees. He agrees, though. Um, yeah, for more things like Stranger Things, you can watch all the things that Stranger Things references. Um, some major touch points are Alien and Aliens. Um, E.T. is probably the single biggest one if you want to watch a movie that feels like Stranger Things. Uh, similarly, Close Encounters of the Third Kind, Poltergeist, Ghostbusters, uh, the video for Thriller, The Goonies, Stand By Me, Twin Peaks, the entire career of John Carpenter, the entire career of Stephen King. And again, like watching that video of of it, I was like, oh, wow, this is literally Stranger Things. Yeah, exactly. Um, So those are all great for references. Um, Other things, play Dungeons and Dragons. I say it, I feel like every other episode, but everybody should because it's relevant and wonderful to everybody. Um, And it will definitely help your real life when you're solving sci-fi crimes. When you're faced with monsters. Um, A movie that I I like, um, it's again, I think it falls into this category of entertaining, but certainly uh, problematic in parts, uh, but overall enjoyable is hot tub time machine um i recommend it here mostly because i think it has a fun approach to nostalgia and um playing around with people's memories crispin glover has an amazing cameo performance in it that is really it's built entirely around back to the future uh but it's really it's fun and it's a movie that's dumb and knows it um do not watch the sequel the sequel is one of the worst things ever. oh no it's it's just irredeemably terrible oh that's so sad yeah it doubles down about around everything terrible about hot tub time machine which is a weird sentence to say um uh hey i haven't read these in a while but remember goosebumps and christopher pike books those feel totally like stranger things those are definitely like stranger things yeah um i think christopher pike even more so than goosebumps probably doesn't hold up but um really yeah i don't know because i think christopher pike books actually like killed people oh yeah no they did so maybe they held up better maybe well in today's ultraviolet world i want to say that podcast horse bestsellers has 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 done done christopher pike like like looking back at christopher pike and um and goosebumps yeah that makes sense yeah well, maybe listen so, to those. yeah, it's check out those podcast. instead. Yeah, don't waste your time actually going back to read Yeah, exactly. Um, there is a Super 8, which yeah. was J.J. Abrams' version of 
Stranger Things. It's basically um, a Eric pers- Coach Eric Taylor is That's in it. Right. Yeah, he's great. Yeah, and I think it's a perfectly fine fun oh, movie. Oh yeah, it's a lot of fun. Yeah. Um, if you want to go a little bit farther down the uh, problematic because of its time period spectrum, you can watch Monster Squad, uh, which was Shane Black's first movie. It is a movie about f- a group of kids who encounter uh, a team up of all of Universal's classic monsters, including Dracula, the Wolfman, and the Swamp Thing. Um, they drop some slurs that aren't great, mm. um, and there's a kid whose sole identifier is that he's overweight, right. um, but uh, it also has the line, Wolf man's got nards after they kick wolfman in the nards so you know it all balances out in the wash um if you feel like having a i guess a more aggressively nostalgic for the 80s evening monster squad is the only movie where you can see dracula call a little boy's house and fool his mother by uh leaving a message from dr alucard so yeah it's it's fun in a very specific way um i'd also say donnie darko uh is a movie that kind of plays around a lot with uh, paranoia and teenage life um, in small town suburbia. Um, It gets a little more heady and a little more obtuse than Stranger Things. Um, Freaks and Geeks is another show that I think uh, that we have actually not watched yet, but I really, really want to. That Um, that main kid looks a lot like Mike from this one. Oh, yeah, he does. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, So if only for that. Yeah, sure. If you like how Mike looks, watch Freaks and Geeks. Yeah. Um, (laughs) That's your genre. Also to see early career Seth Rogen and James Franco and um, and all sorts uh, of people. Linda something. um, Um, Isn't that her? I'm not sure. But I'll give my Uh, last recommendation while you look it up. Yeah. Probably. Um, And then there's It Follows. If you want to go spookier and scarier and watch a movie that will ruin any walks home at night for the next year. Um, It Follows is, I'm a wuss for horror movies. It is still one of the most fun times I have ever had watching a movie in a theater because it is like a roller coaster ride style thrill movie. Um, It's incredibly creepy, incredibly atmospheric, incredibly tense, and has some really great scares in it, but it also manages to be pretty touching and lovely. So um, check out It Follows if you want a horror movie that is worth all of the scares that it puts you through. Got that Uh, actress? Yeah, it's uh, Linda... Cardellini. Who, oh yes. yeah, she's in Mad Men. Mm-hmm. Um, she pops up on a bunch of TV shows. Oh, yeah. Um, and yeah, she was great. I so. bet she's great in Freaks and Geeks. Yeah, I like her a lot. Mm-hmm. Well, Annie, this is usually where we wrap up the episode, but first we've got some plugs to talk yeah, about. Yeah, um, um, because you're taking over the internet. Yes, I am. So I was recently on an episode of Bellwether Friends, um, who have a podcast that I really enjoy mm-hmm. called Bellwether Friends. Um, <laughs> and we talked about things that are like really popular and we just kind of don't get, like not things that are like real bad and we just don't get, but like things where it's like, man, other people sure do love like bananas. And I'm mm-hmm. like, bananas are garbage. It's true. Keep them out of my smoothies. Yeah. You feel that very strongly. Um, yeah, I do. <laughs> um, so yeah, so that was a lot of fun to to rant about and judge things. It's a fun episode. With librarians. It was like my favorite thing to do. It's pretty delightful. It's delightful. Um, and that's Bellwether spelled B-E-L-W-E-T-H-E-R? Yes. Or B-E-L-L? B-E-L-L-W-E-T-H-E-R. Friends. Yeah, friends. It's a great podcast. Listen to it. They're delightful. It is. They're super delightful. Mm-hmm. Um, but and they have also- a real extensive... Um, episode archive too Mm -hmm. with a lot of cool stuff Mm -hmm. Um, also I was recently um, on the call-in episode for um, Can I Pet Your Dog another fantastic podcast that we love Um, they they called there they let listeners call in and talk about their dogs and I got to talk about Bodo and she did a very good job talking about I was very excited and it's a lovely episode in general it is it's just people if, if being enthusiastic about their dogs yeah because it's so great and people are fun and funny and you get to hear about dogs yeah what more is there to to want yeah um, um so yeah put those in your listening ears <laughs> put them in the, not your not your other ears not your walking around ears no your listening ears yeah right keep those walking around ears in a box and your, they'll get away your screaming ears <laughs> exactly um, and if you want to interface with us in the real world, um, I have two plays up right now. Um, so if you hear this podcast this week and live in the Bay Area, um, you've got one more weekend left to catch Non-Player Character, which is a play by me about women in the gaming industry. Mm-hmm. Um, it's loosely based Speaking on Speaking of Gamergate. subcultures. Yeah, exactly. Um, it is uh, very funny uh, and also uh, sad in parts. And the cast is wonderful. I went out to see it uh, a couple weeks ago and had a delightful time. So go check it out if you 
hear this um, within three days of its release and live in the Bay Area. Um, if you miss that and want something more depressing and live in Boston, um, starting on March 2nd, uh, my play Brawler is going to be open at Boston Playwrights Theater. Um, it is a crossover of of sorts. Um, it is an adaptation of the play Ajax about a hockey enforcer. Um, it's a big old tragedy, and the cast is amazing. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're in tech now, and we're having a blast. Um, and then I think a last special recommendation is we got a wonderful shout out from a listener. Oh, yeah. Um, so a listener, Tumblr user Stars in the Sky uh, dropped us a line after last episode and let us know that they had actually written some pretty legitimately fantastic fanfic for the crossover that we did but they, last episode. They had before. already written it, yeah. yeah. It already existed. We didn't inspire they were, anything. They were very excited because they were like, oh my God, I've already crossed over this world. Yeah. And it's, it's I mean, Brooklyn Nine Nine and Buffy. Yeah. Because you want um, Rosa Diaz to fight vampires. Exactly. And Terry is her watcher. And it's just like, it is, it is incredibly well thought through and, and realized fanfic. So uh, we're going to put a, l- a link up if and that's we, okay. We'll oh, check yeah. with them first. Well, I, I'm, I mean, I already reblogged it. Oh, okay, when great. They, when they reblogged us being like, oh my God, I had this crossover. Cool. I just reblogged that too. Well, we'll put it up again. We'll put it in our show notes now. Because it's make really it good official. fanfic. And like, how awesome is that? Yeah. Like, I love that it's like, someone listened to this and they were like, oh my God, I've already had this idea. Let me share with you my world of, of Brooklyn Nine-Nine Buffy. Yeah. And yeah, like if you have crossovers that you want to share. Yeah, if you like got fan fiction fanfic, you want us to blast out. along, man. Absolutely. Or drop us a line about things we you think share that... it to our dozens of listeners. Yes. Or, uh, or drop us a line about things you think we should cross over or that you'd like to hear. Yeah. Um, you know, we'd love to keep, keep, uh, keep things on the pot. Yeah, away. exactly. Um, so, yeah, I think those are all of our plugs, this new fun last segment. Yeah, right. Ooh, we have we have a lot of things to talk about. We do. But uh, if people do have fan fiction or want to want to see fan, the fan, fan fiction, art, fan art. Oh, my I gosh. I love yes. fan art. Yeah. Um, if people want to see that stuff when we have reblogged it, Annie, where yeah. can they find uh, uh, info on our site? And also that they can find all of our crossover appeal content. Um, at crossoverappealpodcast.tumblr.com. Mm-hmm. You can email us links to your fanfic, fan art, fan ideas, anything fan with fan songs. in front of it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Fancy pants. Wow. Um, yeah. Email it all to us at crossoverappealpodcast at gmail.com. Um, you can you can rickroll us at our Facebook community. Just for um, the good of and, mankind. Yeah, right. Keep those Demogorgons away at uh, Crossover Appeal Podcast. Mm-hmm. And you can tweet us. Um, hmm. What should they tweet us? Um, uh, what songs you would sing yes. for your uh, 80s audition for acapella Absolutely. Groups. Yes, please. Uh, at and crosso- also, like, what other, like, not even just these characters, but, like, if you were like, ma'am, if we went back to Brooklyn Nine-Nine, like, what would their... 80s acapella songs yeah. be like I really I feel acapella I like, songs is a fun genre I really like this yeah. as a as a game this may become a Twitter game which yeah. you can find at crossover appeal yeah um, and most importantly uh, you can subscribe on iTunes and maybe leave us a rating or review because yeah. we sure do love that exactly and we'll give you a shout out if you do we absolutely will especially if you attach some fanfic to it yeah that's how you grease the palm yeah I don't know how you it. attach fanfic to a, a iTunes review oh there are ways really no, probably not. I don't know. There probably aren't ways. That'd no, be a weird. Not. That'd be a weird feature for iTunes. Yeah, to have. right. <laughs> You'd end up with some real weird stuff. No, seriously. Um, but yeah. Uh, in the meantime, um, thank you so much for hanging out with us and talking about fun monster singing movies yeah. with residents. Um, we'll be back in two it's... weeks with another fun crossover. And in the meantime, um, this has been Crossover Appeal. I'm Walt McGaw. I'm Annie Cardi. And we are reminding you to, as always, please ship responsibly. 